everybody, and welcome back to my podcast, Christian in Progress. My name is Samuel Perez, and just a little bit about myself, I am a former gay stripper. Yes, that's right, you heard that correctly. (laughs) I left behind the homosexual lifestyle to walk with Christ, and this podcast is all about how I do it, why I do it, and to help others like me and educate those that maybe are not like me. I want to talk, but I really want to talk about what a real life with Jesus looks like in 2021. Nothing is off limits, and I want to be as transparent as I possibly can be. Now, before we get started, I want to let everybody know that this podcast is completely free to listen, and we do accept donations, and we have um, some awesome rewards and gifts for those who want to become patrons of the podcast. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts or Podbean, click on the description, and you'll find the link to becoming a patron of the podcast, which means you'll be making a regular monthly commitment. And we also have my website, SamuelAbrahamPerez.com, where you can find resources to give through PayPal, Venmo, or Cash App. I appreciate every and any donation. (laughs) On today's episode, I'm actually gonna be talking a little bit about a subject that I find really interesting, especially for this season. Um, I was recently talking to a friend and uh, I was presenting to her uh, two different topics of what I should talk about on the podcast tonight. And she actually, she said this one was a very interesting one and it was something that she could totally relate to. And it's something that I can relate to and something I've seen pop up with a lot of people in my life right now, even within my own discipleship and community. So the topic is the hardening of our hearts. Um, Why some people um, harden their hearts, even what the Bible says about our hearts being hardened. uh, What are some of the side effects of that? How many times do we see that in the Bible? And what that even looks like today, in today's day and age, right? Because I mean, I can say the hardening of our hearts and a lot of people don't even know what that is. So we're going to be covering all of that today. First and foremost, um, I want to tell you guys a little bit of a story of a time where my heart was hardened and what that looked like and what what that means. <laughs> so there was a time I remember, um, it wasn't too long ago, I think it was during actually uh, COVID. And um, I, had, I, I remember just uh, sitting down with the Lord and um, I, there was a I was pretty busy at the time with ministry and um, there was times when I felt like I just really couldn't hear uh, from God or even feel his presence and and I thought to myself okay you know what um, actually the Lord had told me um, I, you should go to upper room and visit upper room uh, the prayer room because uh, I'm, I'm a prayer room guy I love prayer rooms uh, the first time I ever saw a prayer room was International House of Prayer on YouTube and so um, I heard from the Lord that it was time for me to buy a ticket and to head over to Upper Room. And, um, and I, I obeyed the Lord because um, I, I had been wanting to hear from him for a while now. And I just, I would sit down or maybe go into worship or, or just even read my Bible and just not feel his presence um, as, as, as strongly as I used to. And so I bought my ticket, I went to Upper Room and um, I remember the first, like as soon as I actually landed into um, the Dallas airport, cause that's where Upper Room is located at, um, I just started feeling all these temptations. I started thinking um, like really negative thoughts and I started um, even feeling a lot of lust. Um, I was looking around and my eyes were wandering and, um, and even there were some attacks and temptations that were coming through, um, through uh, text messages and others, other things. And I remember thinking to myself, man, I just feel so awful right now. And I don't know why my mind is in the gutter. I don't know why I'm feeling, you know, all this entire way. Like why this is going on with me. 
And so um, I thought, you know, this is going to be a really good um, sort of vacation. I get to be in the prayer room and I get to just really spend time with the Lord and just kind of shut out everything, you know, just really get in the word and, and, and just talk to God, just me and him alone, right? And so I remember coming in the first day into the prayer room and sitting down and just receiving worship because that's what the prayer room is. You know, you go in and there's like a, a, a live band playing or maybe somebody um, um, praying. And so I remember going in and I felt fantastic, right? I was like, oh yeah, this is what I came here for. I, I, I can feel the presence of God here in this room. But as soon as I exited the room, I felt all these worries and anxieties and temptations come back. So then the next day I came back into the room and I felt the presence of God once again. And I was like in worship and praying and, you know, feeling good. But then I left the room and I felt once again, my mind go back into the gutter gutter, um, and just all these temptations and anxieties and the other stuff that I was dealing with at the time. And I thought to myself, you know, why is this happening to me? I don't understand. Um, And so I had plans to actually meet up with a friend and she i met her in dallas um in a conference i'm not going to say her name but um i had plans to meet her and um when we met together we met at the coffee shop in this in this church and uh and i was telling her about this issue that i was having just being transparent and honest you know with my friend and um and she said you know samuel i don't know if you know this um but you probably don't because you're a city boy and um by the way guys i live in miami there is no farming here there's no soil there's none of that stuff so she goes um if if soil is um is is badly treated it tends to get hardened over time and so if you try to get some water like let's say like water and start pouring that out onto the soil um the water won't be able to penetrate this hardened soil it would just go over the top and then you know run off somewhere else and that's why sometimes even in farming i don't know if you guys have ever seen uh cartoons or tv shows you see that people sometimes have to break up the soil like with a with a tool i don't know what the tool is called because once again i'm not a farmer and and so um and she said to me she said it's gonna take some time within the presence of god for you to break up like your soil that's become hardened because of the lack of water that you've been giving to it over time. And I thought to myself, wow, you know, that's so deep and that's so true. Sometimes we expect that um, we can go into a situation like a God situation or open up our Bibles or even maybe do a worship or listen to a song and that automatically we are just going to go back into um, a place of intimacy with the Lord that we've been with him before. And if we haven't been doing that continually on a daily basis, like if I'm not watering my soil, if I'm not watering um, my garden or, you know, whatever, it's going to get hard. Um, the, the plants and the trees are going to die. And I like that, you know, even Jesus himself compared us a bunch of times um, actually to uh, trees and to producing fruit. Right. And I think there's a reason for that. And and. I love that you can kind of probably put the connection two and two together, that the word of God is actually like our water. Um, I think it was, yeah, I think it was Jesus who said, I, I, I'm the living water. And so um, when we spend time with God, when we um, read our Bibles, when we pray, when we worship, it's like we're drinking from this living water. Yeah, it's, I, <laughs> I almost forgot about this, but when he came up to the Samaritan woman, right? And, um, and he said to her, if you only knew who was asking you for a drink of water, 
you would um you would ask me for a drink of water and then she's like okay well give me this drink of water and he's like um because he was saying this drink of water is never going to leave you um thirsty again you know it's going to completely fulfill you and so if i neglect from drinking the water that i'm supposed to and from being in the presence of my beloved one and my savior then i'm going to get hardened and there's a lot of ways how i can actually um become like soft again and and become easily moldable um and it's mostly through the word of god but let's go ahead and see the first time that the hardening of our hearts um, is actually mentioned in the word of god so we have exodus um verse well chapter 7 verse 3 and that's when it talks about pharaoh um, and his heart being hardened. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the story, but Pharaoh actually, um, he is uh, in control of Egypt and there is the people of God, you know, the Israelites who are in Egypt because of the famine and, you know, of Joseph's whole thing. I would encourage you guys, if you haven't already, to um, uh, read Genesis and read <laughs> Exodus because uh, you'll probably be lost, but I'm going to try my best to try to sum it up here. And so um, the first thing that that said that is said about Pharaoh is actually um, that um, when Moses comes to ask him to let the people go from Egypt because, you know, they've been slaves and they're working really hard and um, they're being mistreated and they're actually being killed. You know, uh, the babies are being killed. Moses is like, I want you to let my people go so we can go to a place that we can call our own. And it says that Pharaoh hardened his heart first. And I've always thought about that verse and I've always thought, um, how did how did that even happen and i think it's sin you know sin hardens our heart anything that um is disobedience against god is going to harden our hearts because if if jesus is described to be the living water right he's the thing that is going to be feeding us he's the thing that's going to be um quenching our thirst um when we are away from that um we're going to be hardened and that's what sin does sin is oh i'm going to put things into my own hands i have desired this um i want this you know it's it goes back to the original sin from satan satan is in heaven and he's like i want to receive worship i don't really care what you want god i want what i want and i love that um in in the garden of gethsemane actually jesus did the opposite he said to god he said I, it's not my will, Lord, but your will, right? So we, as followers of Jesus, need to be doing the exact same thing. When we sin, we're actually saying what um, what Satan said, which was, I want to do my will, not your will, God. But we must always, always do the opposite. I want your will, Father, not my will. <laughs> so that's kind of confusing. But essentially, that's how Pharaoh hardened his heart because he saw that, okay, God was with these people and there is something that his own brotherhood he'd grown up with was asking him to do and he's like no i'm not gonna do it and then later on in that um in that same book it says that god hardened the heart of pharaoh but it's very interesting because before god hardens his heart pharaoh actually hardens his heart first so if we're not careful we can actually um like god will give us up to the desires of the things that we want so if I'm going to God all the time, like, I want this, I want this, I want this, and that thing is going to be hardening my heart, it's going to be actually pushing me um, from getting closer to God, God might just be like, all right, that's what you want, I'm going to give you that. And he, he's going to harden my heart even more. And I think that's what tends to happen with unbelievers is that, you know, I, I pray for people 
pretty much every single night there's a there's a list of people that i pray for to be saved and one of the things that i say as i'm praying for them is lord i pray that you would soften their hearts that they would be able to be moved and touched by your spirit once again um, because all that time without receiving that living water without receiving um the 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 penetration of water into the hardened soil um they're not able to produce fruit and they're not able to live with with god which is the ultimate source of goodness and love and happiness and that's why when we are away from god um and we become hardened we get involved in all these things you know drugs addictions and um whatever it is vices um it's it's all coming back to just not not spending enough time with god so i actually wrote the uh the definition um, of this word, uh, which is actually, I'm going to tell you the Hebrew and the Greek word. So the Hebrew word, hopefully I don't mispronounce this, is hazak. So hazak, that is the Hebrew word for hardened. And, um, and then as you know, the New Testament is written in Greek, not in Hebrew. And the Greek word for hardened is sclerino. So sclerino. <laughs> it's uh, kind of weird, but um, the definition of what I could find in my Logos program is to be resistant of pressure, to be resistant to weight, and not easily scratched. So this, to me, I love it. It's, it's, it's a pushback. It's a resistance. It's, it's whatever is going to be pushed or pressured onto me, I'm going to push that back. And I love because, you know, the spirit of God is always um, after us. Like it's chasing us down. I'm sure you guys have heard that song by Corey Asbury, Reckless Love. Oh, the overwhelming, never ending. You know, that song, I think there's a part where he says, um, he chases after me, you know, he wa he, he'll, he'll break through a door or something around that. But <laughs> but essentially, um, that is what, the, what God is trying to do for us. I love um, one of my favorite, favorite verses. It's like one of these like indie verses, you know, these a verse that not a lot of people ever talk about. Um, but I think is a beautiful verse. It's 2 Samuel 14, 14, where it says that God, like we are like spilled water and God is devising ways to bring us back to him, right? In our death. And so to God, we are like spilled water. We're, you know, we're going in our own separate ways. We are doing everything that he doesn't want us to do. We are, we are following our own will and the things that we think are going to be good for us. And God is like devising ways. He's like, okay, how can I bring my children back to me? I want them back to me, just like a, a good shepherd does. I've been in the book of John for, um, I think like a while now, um, just specifically John 13, if I'm not mistaken, or John 14, where it says the good shepherd, right? I think it's 13, 13. And <laughs> the good shepherd, right? Why is Jesus called the good shepherd? Because a good shepherd looks after his sheep. I would be a terrible shepherd if my sheep ran away from me and I didn't go looking for them or my sheep were in trouble or my sheep needed to be clipped. You know, they got a bunch of hair growing out everywhere, wool, not hair, wool, um, and, and they can't walk or they're falling down. I actually saw this hilarious TikTok um, video the other day because I'm scrolling through TikTok trying to make some research for my TikTok if you guys haven't followed me on there yet. It's actually been amazing to create content on TikTok and it's growing so fast. But I saw this TikTok that was um, essentially a sheep that had fallen over 
And the guy's like, oh, this sheep is a little wonky, you know. We got to, like, I think he was Australian. We got to uh, we gotta put him back up and we got to let the blood roll back to the brain and so so that he doesn't fall back down again because if we let him go um, after just a one minute, he'll fall right back down because he's a little wonky, you know. And that's what he says. It. And it's really funny. It's a really nice video. But it, it reminded me of, like, the good shepherd, what a good shepherd does, which is a shepherd takes care of his sheep. He's not a good shepherd if he doesn't take care of his sheep. And that is the exact title that Jesus himself uh, says about himself. You know, he says, I am the good shepherd and um, the sheep will know my voice and I, I will also know my, my sheep as well. And I'm par paraphrasing that because I don't have these Bible verses written down. But I, I think it's so interesting, um, just that concept, um, because he's always chasing after us, right? He's always trying to bring us back to him. And we are like running away from him and being stupid like sheep do. You know, they run off and they get in trouble or, you know, some, some might even die, you know, because of dangerous situations. They might fall off cliffs or um, get, <laughs> get eaten by like a wolf or something, you know. So God's job is to chase after us. God's job as a good father and as a good shepherd is to bring us back to him, right? But if I'm resistant of that, He's going to respect my will. God is a gentleman. You know, um, the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. Jesus is a gentleman. And I use this analogy all the time. If you run away from God, he will continue, he will continue to chase after you, right? Um, but he will respect your will. So if you say, no, I just don't want this. Um, I'm, I, I don't want to accept this. I'm resistant to this. There's going to be a time, I think First Timothy actually talks about that, there's going to be a time where Jesus will be like, all right, you don't want me, fine. I'm going to let you do what you want to do because I'm a gentleman. And I love that characteristic of, of God. He's not a dictator. He's not someone who's come to like will his own way into our lives. He will respect us so much as his creation, which if I was God, I would do something completely different. I would not do that. You know, I'd be, I'd be a dictator. <laughs> I'd be like, I'd be like, no, I know what's good for you. Like you have to follow my ways. You know, like I created you, you know? Um, and I'm sure many of us would, but that's just the goodness of God. He's like, all right, you want to follow that way? I'll let you do that because I'm a good dad and I'm a gentleman. And so when I, when I saw this definition to be resistant of pressure, I just thought to myself, it's to be resistant of God. It's to resist him in pretty much every single way that I, I can. And that is not a good position for me to be in. And so, and I find that sometimes we do that even with offense. And I wrote that down here as well. Um, we, when we, we get offended, it's mostly because we, we wanted our way and we didn't get that way. And so many people are angry with God. Um, I actually just, I was in my discipleship call and I had, a, I had one of my friends tell me that he was angry with God. And I thought to myself, yeah, I've, I've been in positions like that before where I've been upset with God because he didn't give me what I wanted. Um, I remember when I was a little boy just speaking about same-sex attraction because I, I always go back to that because it's, you know, mostly uh, why many people are following my YouTube and my Instagram. But... I don't like to talk about it, but I know I have a responsibility to talk about it. <laughs> so um, I remember when I was a little boy, I used to ask God all the time. I said, Lord, you know, take away my same sex attraction. I don't want this thing anymore. And I just would tell him, I remember a specific time I was getting some Burger King and I remember praying to God and I just said, Lord, please just, I want to be normal. 
I want to be like every little boy. I, I don't want to have these attractions and feelings and I just want to be normal. Please, please, please take away the same-sex attraction. This was during a time when I was not out of the closet and I was so scared that people were going to find out. Um, I was so scared of what people might think about me. Um, There's just a lot of fear involved. And, and I think that when God didn't do that for me, I got a little bit offended um, because I had, an, I had an idea of what I wanted God to do in my life and it was mostly because of what other people had told me not really because of what God had told me himself because if I'm asking God and I'm telling God hey God I want you to take away my same-sex attraction and he doesn't do it I think he's being very clear there that he's allowing that to happen for whatever reason he wants it to happen you know um, and I was a little boy there was not much that I could have hardened my heart towards already at that point um, you know maybe who knows but I don't think so and so I I remember hardening my heart to that response of God and just being like um, being offended that he didn't he didn't take away this same-sex attraction and I think that's what many many people go through and we read that within the Word of God as well we, we see that people they harden their hearts even the nation of Israel for example it says um, that when the um, the Israelites were actually on the exodus so they were leaving Egypt and they were going to um, to their own land in Israel um, the 40 years that they were wandering in the desert it said that they hardened their hearts uh, another another time is in Matthew chapter 19 where Jesus is actually talking about marriages and they ask him why he why in the law of Moses he allowed divorce and he says it's because of their hardened hearts um, many times we become offended and and our hearts get hardened you know i'm pretty sure that as the israelites were coming out of exodus and they were in the desert and and they were <laughs> they were hungry for these meats and these things that they used to have in egypt and they're like all we have is manna you know it's like i want my way i want i want the food that i used to eat when i was a slave even though i was a slave you know um they hardened their hearts towards God and what God's plan and then they ended up being in the wilderness for 40 years when they didn't need to be because of that hardening of just not being obedient to the Lord uh, something as well that um, I encouraged my friend when he told me that he was angry to God was um, first off I don't think that we should ever be angry towards God God is love God is the good one in this situation he is always the good one in the situation we are the bad ones and if we continue to think that we are greater than we are we will never be able to experience the love of god because we will always think that we're better than god and there is no one who is better than better than god he is the source and the definition of goodness why do we even say that because he gave his son to die for us and this entire time you know the entire bible is a love story from god to us it is basically saying, I created this thing, and this thing went against me, and I've been trying to bring it back to me. And if I was God, I would have been like, you know what, let me smite all these people and start over again because these people are just unbearably um, uh, uh, rebellious. And <laughs> so um, I don't think that we should ever be angry with God because, you know, he is love. And um, if anything, we should be angry for ourselves and our own desires. Um I actually found an article that was very interesting on this topic. It's actually from um, gotquestions.org. 
And the name of the article is called, What are the causes and solutions for a hardened heart? So if this podcast is not enough for you, you can go and read this article. And um, they say in the article, um, scripture informs us um, that from the heart comes grief, desires, joy, understanding, thoughts, and reasoning, and most importantly, faith and belief. But from that same heart, there can be good things that come out of there, and there is also bad things that come out of there, according to, um, to Luke chapter 6. And so I'm thinking to myself, we should never be angry with God. If anything, we should be angry with ourselves or angry at the enemy who's been enticing us with our own desires, right? And so the first thing that came to my mind, and I'm not sure if I've actually talked about this on a podcast before, but it's it's one of my favorite um, preachings from Misty Edward, and she has a, a lovely preaching on John the Baptist. I think you can actually YouTube it. Just put Misty Edwards, John the Baptist. But um, there's, a, there's a time when John the Baptist is actually... Um, he's in prison, right? And, you know, he is the cousin of Jesus and he's been in the wilderness for God knows how long. He's been a preacher of righteousness. Even the word of God says that he was the greatest prophet that ever lived. Um, But he's in jail and he's about to get his head cut off um, because the wife of the um, governor at the time, Herod, wants the head of John the Baptist because of a lap dance from his daughter-in-law which is super weird and (laughs) we're not gonna get into that but essentially he's in jail and he's about to die right and so all these plans that he had with God in the wilderness of you know this coming messiah who was going to liberate the people who was going to bring peace and justice and you know righteousness um, he's not seeing that come to pass because he's in jail And so he tells his followers, because John the Baptist had followers, and he sends them out to Jesus, and he says, um, the followers say, hey, are you really the Messiah? Are you the one that we've been awaiting? Are you the one that we've been waiting for? And I remember I never understood this passage. This was a really weird passage for, for me. I'm like, why is John questioning the Messiah? I don't understand this. And um, I remember one time I had fallen asleep in worship and the Holy Spirit started to unravel in me this passage. And I had not even been thinking about this passage. It was so bizarre the way that the Holy Spirit was speaking to me in a dream and actually teaching me. It was, I think, one of the few times that the Holy Spirit himself has taught me on a passage um, and opened opened my mind to an understanding that I had not had previously. And so I am, um, he's like, his followers are telling Jesus, are you really the Messiah? And Jesus' response is like, hello, yeah, don't you see that, I'm paraphrasing, don't you see that I heal the blind, that the, uh, that the lame are walking, you know, I'm doing everything that the Messiah is supposed to be doing according to the Old Testament prophets. And then he says, take this message to John the Baptist. And Jesus says, blessed are you if you are not offended by me. Blessed are you if you're not offended by me. And I say that twice because offense can actually harden our hearts. And what do you mean by offense? John had an idea of who Jesus, the Messiah, would be. That's why he's like, are you the Messiah? Are you going to take over the Roman Empire? Are you going to establish your rule and your reign now so that I can get out of prison and I don't have to die here, right? So he had this idea of things that God was going to do. And those things weren't necessarily a bad thing. You know, those things were good things. These things were things that the Old Testament prophets said that God would do, right? So it's not bad that John is expecting God to do these things because that's exactly what God said he would do, right? 
But the problem is that John wasn't looking at Jesus's perspective. John was looking at his perspective from his time. If Jesus had done what John wanted him to do, there would be no salvation for me today. There would be no salvation for the Gentiles. And who knows what would have happened. If Jesus took over the Roman Empire and he became king and everything went fine and dandy and there, that's it. Like, maybe some people wouldn't even be born, you know. So God's overall plan, um, Jesus' overall plan was to bring salvation, not just to the Jewish people, which were his people during the time, but to everyone. He wanted to bring salvation to the Romans, to the Greeks. He wanted to bring salvation to the world. He wanted to bring salvation to you and to me. But John was in prison thinking about his own life. And thinking about the things that he wanted, right? The desires that come out of our hearts. And so Jesus tells him, blessed are you if you're not offended by me. So he, I mean, imagine being in jail and receiving that word from your cousin as you're about to die. Like, blessed are you if you're not offended with the fact that you're about to die. And I've heard God tell me that within my own life so many times. Blessed are you, Samuel, if you're not offended by my process, if you're not offended by the things that I'm allowing you to go through, whether that be addiction or, you know, or loneliness or there's there's been through so much that I've walked through just within my own ministry um, that I think to myself, that's not very that doesn't look like the word of God. You know, that doesn't look like all the promises that God says in his word. You know, there have been times where I've spent seasons just so, so, so alone. And I think to myself, God, why don't, why don't you bring me some good friendships? Why don't you bring me some good leadership? Why don't you bring me to a very good church, you know, who can um, handle my aspirations and dreams and visions and, and, and mission? And um, there just has been those times where I have felt just so alone. And I think to myself, well, this can't possibly be God because this is not biblical, right? And just like John, John's like, this isn't biblical. You know, like this is you're, the Messiah is supposed to do all of this. And Jesus is not doing that at the moment. And Jesus is like, I am doing that. You don't even know what I'm about to do. You have no idea what my plans are going to be for for what my, the, my shedding of my blood is going to be and me laying down my own life. So sometimes we can't like be offended with God and his plans and the things that we are going through. I can't get angry at God because he has a much greater, vaster, better plan than I can only hope for. You know, even within my own life, I we're all very selfish people. And so when some, when I hear that someone is angry or they've hardened their hearts towards God, I think, well, that person's very selfish because they're only looking at their own perspective. But that's the thing. We are selfish. Like we only think about ourselves all of the time. That's why we go through problems because we're like, oh man, you know, I'm feeling this way or I am feeling upset. And, and I do this all the time too as well. One of the best advices that I ever got um, to get over some of the things that I'm going through is actually to take my energy that I'm focusing on myself and to spread it to other people. Like, like instead of trying to help myself, why don't I pick three people who I can help? And at the end of that third person, I promise you that you you won't be worried about your problems anymore. And like, try it out. I, I really challenge my, my listeners and people who are listening to this to try this out. Like, instead of being like, I'm depressed, I'm lonely, I'm experiencing this, I'm ask the Holy Spirit, what are who are three people that I need 
to call, listen, help, and the Holy Spirit will give you three people, and then you text them, you call them, you be like, hi, how can I pray for you? Is there anything that you need help with today? Do you have, like, do you need money? Do you, do you need uh, help work on an assignment? You know, do you, do you need, whatever it is. Um, and then by the end of the third person, I promise you, you're going to feel a lot better because that person is going to be so thankful and so happy. And you're going to feel that happiness with them and you're going to partake in that joy and that comfort with them. And it's, it's what Jesus taught us to do. You know, he, he never said, love yourself. Worry about your own problems. Worry about everything that's going on in your life. He said the opposite. He said, number one, don't worry about anything because I have everything under control as your father. And number two, um, love your neighbor. You know, like love love God and love your neighbor. I'm always saying that on the podcast. Like it's, it's so simple. He made it so simple. And so when I'm able to do that, love my neighbor effectively, um, I don't have time to be focusing on me and I don't have time to be like hardening my heart um, because I'm upset uh, with my own selfish plans that God didn't do for my for me. And you might be thinking, well, Samuel, that's not selfish asking God for you to for him to remove your same sex attraction. And you're right. I don't think that's, you know, to some extent, maybe because maybe it's not God's will or timing right now. You know, maybe he wants to do it later or maybe he wants to use me as an example. Maybe he wants to like, what if, for example, if God were to take away my same sex attraction right now in this moment alone in my room? Would that, how would that glorify him? I mean, maybe it would glorify him because I would make a video on YouTube, talk about it, you know, blah, blah, blah. Maybe some people might hear from him, my friendships. Or what if he wants to, when I'm in the middle of an auditorium or a conference or something, around 10,000 people, and I ask him for like the 100th time, God remove my same-sex attraction, and he does it right there and then for 10,000 people to see. Which one was his will? The now or then? Like, wh- what way is he going to glorify himself? And so that's what I always think to myself. Like, it's like, we can't always just assume that this is God's will. We have to ask him. We have to be like, Lord, I want your will, not my will. But if I continue to think to myself, oh no, I want this, I want this, I want this, it will cause a hardening in my heart. What are the side effects of your heart becoming hardened? Number one, you can't see God. So you have a lack of seeing in your life spiritually. Number one, number two, you can't understand um, the word of God. You can't understand what he's saying um, through his word, through other people, through preachings. You know, there's there's a lack of understanding. You can't hear the word of God. So it goes one, it goes in through one ear and then out the other ear, which is um, essentially what Jesus said. He's like, if you can hear, hear. You know, I think it was like all who can hear, hear. He was always saying that right before he was. He goes on about some kingdom principles, some parable. Um, and you can't remember. Like remembrance is so huge when it comes to what God has done for you. So you, like, even if I place myself in that position of just like, oh man, I'm thinking about myself, I'm offended or I'm hardened or I'm angry or, you know, I'm going through whatever sin. Um, the last thing I'm doing is remembering all the good times of what Jesus has done for me. The last thing I'm remembering is, oh my gosh, that one time when I was worshiping the Lord and he really came through and I was on the floor crying because I'm like, I'm depressed, I'm lonely, I'm upset, you know, and I'm talking to myself because I do this all of the time. Like I'm guilty. I'm number one guilty, right? So these are the side effects of a hardening heart. And so you, and, and I love that, you know, even this hardening 
we have to pay attention to. It's important for us to remember um, because it's it's actually found in all of these books in the Bible. I'm going to read you Ephesians, Proverbs, Hebrews, Exodus, Isaiah, Joshua, Jeremiah, Job, Mark, Samuel, Romans, and John, just to name a few. We have, um, I think that was 12, 12 books of the Bible that it talks about the hardening of hearts. So if something is talked about 12 times in 12 different books in the Bible, I think we got to pay attention to it. Like how it's probably going to improve our spiritual journey if we understand not to harden our hearts, right? And so you're probably asking yourself, okay, okay, we've heard enough about how hardening is bad and how we shouldn't do it and stuff like that, right? And how sin hardens our hearts and then we harden it. Um, I think I've said that word so many times already. <laughs> it should be like like a game or something. Uh, every time you hear Sammy say harden. But um, yeah, the solution now, what's the solution? How can we unharden our hearts? And it's so simple, guys. Remember what in the beginning when I said, like uh, to my friend, she was like, you need to, it's been a while, you need to break up the ground. How do you break up the ground? How do you allow the water to penetrate that hardened soil? By spending time with God in his word and in worship and in prayer, right? I have to like... um. I love like uh, the comparison of when Jesus says like, um, take on my yoke, my burden is light. Um, a yoke is that thing that breaks up the ground. So he's essentially saying, hey, if you come with me, like we are going to together pull up this thing and it's going to break the ground underneath us. And that's symbolic for when we get together with Jesus, he's going to start breaking up our ground. He's going to start making us like able to receive, able to see him, understand him, hear him, remember these types of things. Like there have been times when I sit in the prayer room and I remember things that God has done for me that was like five years ago. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And I start breaking down and crying and just thanking him and being like, wow, this is amazing. But it's not going to happen overnight. Just like those first two days that I went into the prayer room and I didn't feel anything. I was like, why is it that when I exit the prayer room, I feel just as bad? And then my friend was like, you need to keep going in and deeper and deeper and deeper and do it every single day. You know, start to break up that ground. Guys, a testimony that by the end of that week, I had spent um, six days in the prayer room. By the sixth day, I felt so close to God. All those temptations, those bad thoughts, the anxieties, the um, the depression, all those things had lifted off of me because of the amount of time that I had spent with the Lord within those six days. And I'm telling you, I was in that prayer room for like eight hours every single day, probably more than eight hours because it was a morning set, an afternoon set, an evening set. So I And I was in his word. I was reading his word. It, like, remember, he is our living water. So when I hear about his life and the righteousness of what his life was, it encourages me. It moves me. Um, there's a softening that begins to take, uh, take note. So I only have uh, two verses, actually, to share with you guys of the solution of this, right? So Hebrews 3, 6 says, We are his house if we hold fast our confidence and the boast of our hope firm until the end. Hebrews tells us that the only way that we become God's people is through our hope and our faith in him, right? So the more I spend time with him, the more I read about him, all these things are building up my faith. They're building up my hope. All of this hardness, this offense, all these things that I've been worrying about, all those things start to take a second seat 
and then the first seat starts to take forward right and this first seat is the hope that i have in christ and so i remember my identity i remember that i'm his child i remember the good things that he's done for me the good things that he will do for me the things that he has planned for me right so the most important is for us to place our hope in the things that are coming in christ and I love that because Jesus actually says this too in the context of like the world ending in Matthew and in Mark chapter 13, verse three. Um, it's like a different type of context, but it still applies. It says, but he who endures to the end shall be saved. And it's reminiscent of what we just read in Hebrews 3, 6. Till the very end, we have to hope. We have to hope. We have to place our faith in him. And that is going to be the solution behind taking a heart that's been hardened through offense, through um, what I want, um, or my angriness at God, you know, whatever. All these things that have been hardening my heart. If I set my eyes on my beloved one, if I set my eyes on faith and the things that I can't see yet, but the things that I'm hoping for, the things that his word said would come to pass. Because when we read the gospels, we're reading about everything that Jesus has planned for us, the, 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 the whole message of the kingdom, right? The kingdom, we're hearing about the kingdom, the kingdom all the time. Why are we hearing about the kingdom? Because it's the place that we are one day going to be a part of. It's where we're going to live. It's what we are going to be um, citizenshiped into, right? And so when we read the word of God, that's all that we're reading about. We're reading about a time and a place where we're going to be with our beloved one, our king and our leader and our shepherd. And it's going to be beautiful. So that concludes my teaching on a hardened heart. If in this season you have been feeling like you've been becoming hardened to the Lord or you just can't hear him or you can't remember the good things that he's done for you or maybe you even just feel a little bit distant from him, I would encourage you to go pray with him spend like just set aside two hours every single day i know it's a lot of time but just two hours every single day that's um 10 of your day and say god this is going to be my time with you i'm going to seek you first and everything else is going to come my way and so i'm going to i'm going to sit down i'm going to pray i'm going to worship i'm going to read your word i'm going to study your word you know i'm going to maybe listen to a sermon or a pastor or my new favorite worship album or a prayer set you know from ihop or upper room or whatever every single day continually i promise you and i am hoping that your life is going to improve in some shape way or form and that you will be able to develop that intimacy that you once had with him before and it's as simple as that and i don't think we need to complicate it any further so thank you guys so much for listening to this podcast and for making it all the way to the end if you haven't already subscribed to my youtube channel please do so and go ahead and give my tiktok a follow as well um, and if you want to find some more resources of things that i do head over to my website samuelabrahamperez.com and i'll see you next time peace out